It's another dope conversation up ahead on Key Africans Unlocked. Now, because Zubs and I find ourselves in the media and entertainment space, there's so many things that we get called. I mean, sometimes people call us podcasters. We're cool with that. Recording artists when we do music. And in my case, I find myself often being referred to as a journalist. And I've never seen myself as one. But I have great respect for journalists. My dad was a journalist. Went to college, got the qualification and practiced journalism. And so did our guest on this episode of Key Africans Unlocked. Incidentally, he went to the same college as my dad, but like 30 years later. Kaunda Chama, those close to him call him K, and you might have called him Biggie at some point in your life because he was the voice of Big Brother Africa. We spoke about a lot of things, including the United States' influence on Africa, how Kaunda became the voice of Big Brother, parenthood, and a lot more. So get ready for another great conversation. Key Africans Unlocked, we are back and it feels good to be back. Man, it feels good to be back. <laughs> it feels good? so good to be back. I've been good, man. Yeah. I've been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it feels like ages. It does, man. It, it, it does. But we're not rusty, man, because we're, we're ever ready. Yeah, yeah, we're ever ready. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think being rusty is for people who are pressed for time. Yeah. We're never pressed for time. We take yeah. our time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So there's no, need to, there's no need to worry about rusty vibes. Mm, mm. So we're back now with a man who we've been trying to get on the pod for a while. Uh, look at him smiling. <laughs> it's the truth and he knows it. <laughs> Kaunda Chama, who uh, Kaunda is, well, a seasoned journalist, but he's got so many layers to him and we're going to try and peel some of those off uh, during the chat today. Yeah. Um, one of the words that comes to mind, uh, you know, circling you and you, you might... Uh, kind of have a shocked look on your face is pioneer uh and uh, we, might, we might we might touch on this later but <laughs> pioneer, look at you no but because before there was touch hd before there was cliff central there was rhythm 100 radio about more than 10 years ago before anyone was venturing into internet radio things of that sort but we might touch that later on but um yeah. welcome to key africans unlocked bro how's it going yeah i'm good i'm good thanks guys for having me on I, it, it's an honor to uh, be in the presence of two African greats. Ha. Wow. <laughs> two African greats. You know, uh, that is the right thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I mean, like, uh, you guys, your, your personal brands are, like, you know, remarkable. I, I, Thank you, bro. I, 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 I basically admire you guys, you know. No, thanks, man. Now, you Thank have you. a podcast Thank of your you. own. So, firstly, man, how does it feel, man, like being the guest on somebody else's pod? Uh, you know, it's strange because I'm, <laughs> I'm usually the guy that's firing all the questions and, yeah. you know, kicking the intro in yeah, and, uh, yeah. and, you know, on today's show, blah, blah, blah. But uh, now I, I actually feel better. I feel more relaxed. There's no pressure on me. Mm. No, yeah. no, there's none. Mm. I, do, I just answer questions. I, I don't have to think about what the questions are. <laughs> you know, there's never pressure on us either. What we do is we just kind of, we set it all up, uh -huh. we press record. Mm. And then, hey man, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, we have fun yeah. with it, you yeah. know. Especially with like when we when we sitting down with our people, you know, mm -hmm. when it's one of our own and we are having a good time, mm -hmm. it's like no pressure whatsoever. Just a nice chilled out conversation, bro. I love that chilled out and conversation is my kind of thing. Now, uh, uh, some people might recognize your voice because at some point you were. Big brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were Biggie. I was Biggie. Actually, should, should we start? Okay, we're going to go back, but maybe because a lot of times that, you know, Big Brother's on. I also, I, I get asked that. Are, are you Big Brother? And I've never been, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, what, what your brothers might not know, I was once asked to be 
in the show. Like to be what do you mean, like a, a contestant? Like yeah, a to contestant. be a contestant. Yeah. Wow. I was once asked to be that, so it was a it was an obvious and quick no. <laughs> <laughs> from you or from Carol? From me. Because at this point, we're not well, sure well, where I'm, the no came from. Let's keep it's, it real. It's, it's let's easy, keep it a hundred. It's easy, easy to kind of anticipate <laughs> that it was going to be a no. <laughs> so from my side, it's no. No. Yeah, I've actually yeah. thought about being a contestant on a show. Really? Like, yeah, a reality show like like Big Brother type thing. Maybe Survivor or, yeah. or like Amazing Race. Amazing Race, things. yeah. I always yeah, wondered like, yeah. would it be good to be on one of those shows or would it be You know what I always figured like with Amazing Race, do you have to get your visas sorted? Because I mean, the okay, countries are yeah. a, a surprise. You know yeah, what I mean? Of course. But then yeah. if the countries are a surprise, then like, okay, obviously it's different because it's being filmed in, in the US. But, uh-huh. but for brothers like us who... Need to get visas for certain countries. Yeah, that wouldn't. Let, that, that's would, a big they, clue. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you wouldn't your passport. Concerned. Okay, and then you get okay. We got a Ghanaian visa, so we're definitely going to Ghana. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I, w- I would love to be on something like Amazing Race, though. but I always wonder. I've seen couples mm. damn near bite each other's heads off. Yeah, on You're Amazing Race. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah, you do this, and yeah. I thought, do I? Really think because I got bad habits. Yeah. At the end of that show, I might be single. <laughs> but, okay, babes, let, let, let's do this amazing race thing. <laughs> By the end of amazing race, because I've been so late and and made us lose, I, I'm like single. Yeah, yeah you're on Tinder. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, I'm swiping swipe swipe left. <laughs> but 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 back to Big Brother, man. How yeah. what was that like? Ah, uh, th- th- that that was a great experience for me. For, for, first of all, uh, it came very unexpect- unexpectedly because I was just chilling, minding my own business, and then a friend of mine calls me up and says uh, they're auditioning for Big Brother voices and they're really looking for a new voice mm-hmm. that nobody can recognize. That just went to show you how unexposed I was. <laughs> like you're super green. At like the time. super yeah. green. You want like a chilu out there. Nah, 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 one of these voices hey. that are instantly recognizable. I, I'm still not like a chilu. Out <laughs> ah, there. That, 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 wow. That's how it really gets, right? So anyway, fast forward, I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Uh, plus, you know, I could use the extra cash, you know. Of course, of yeah. course. So I go to the auditions. And the first thing I noticed, you know, it looked like one of those Hollywood sets where guys were holding clipboards. Yeah, and yeah. filling in oh, the, the really? details and everything. And three other people, I won't mention their names, were Chilu Lemba type levels. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay, know. okay. Hey, 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 people, people. Yeah. There were stars in the field. <laughs> there were stars Big in the field. names in the field. And, and, and Kaunda's thinking, ah, it's rough. This is rough. I, I, I don't know if, I, if I'm going to make this, right? So, yeah. But I'm like, you know, this is what I do. I'm a, I'm a hustler, babe. Uh-huh. Uh, I fill it in, fill it in, blah, blah, blah. I just want you to know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. And, 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 I, and I go in, and then they have this, uh, they, they tell you what Big Brother's about. Do you watch Big Brother? And, and, and the sad part is I, I, I never used to watch Big Brother before. Yeah, yeah. I knew what it was, yeah. and I knew the context. So uh, when I knew I was going for the audition, uh, thank goodness for YouTube, I watched a couple of episodes, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what it's about. Okay, wow. So I get there, and and when you sign your clipboard, they they take you in, and they do a mock diary session. Oh, wow. So they they, they just bring in somebody. Random. Then there's a lady, and she's pretending that she's missing her child, and she wants to go home, and you have to take on the persona of Big Brother and convince her to stay in the house. Oh, wow. And are you freestyling this? Yeah, you're freestyling this. They don't brief you and say, maybe try this angle, try that angle. No, no. It's it's all up to you. No script. It's up to you. They give you the scenario and and, and the person walks in. And and for me, it was this lady 
and uh, she she just wanted to go home. And now, you know, with Big Brother, you sp- speak about yourself in third person, so they're judging yeah. a lot of things at the same time. Mm, yeah, you know how you refer to yourself, how you engage this person, and so yeah, we I did the session. Mm. I thought it went well. Mm. Um, actually, the the lady who who came in as the test subject was working behind the scenes. So yeah. later on, she actually told me that you know that you got the job right after we did our session. Oh, they were, really? They were just like, yeah, That's this it. is the that guy. Is, yeah, yeah. And that I didn't is know. Big Brother. I was, I was worried. So I go home and I even forgot about it because, you know, being in the voice game, you do sometimes a lot of uh, auditions and mm-hmm. then you never hear from the people or whatever. Yeah. So I thought it was one of those things. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Then it was a Sunday, I remember. And, uh, you know, my wife and I back then, uh, we, we just had the one baby. That was 2008. She was like a year and a bit. So, you know, you're exhausted as parents of a year old child, you know, mm. chilling on a Sunday, the voice rings. And it's Endemol. And they're like, hey, wow. Kaunda, um, would like to offer you uh, the Big Brother thing. And, you know, I, I put my Billy D. Williams persona <laughs> on. You know? I'm like, oh, really? Uh, hold on a second. And I cover my phone and I scream, babes, I got the gig! <laughs> then I go back on the phone. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, Thank you very much. Uh, so, okay. So, so I come in tomorrow? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, thank you very much, Linus. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Click. Yes! Celebrations! <laughs> I was dancing around the room, picked up my baby. Wow. Daddy's big brother, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It it was fantastic. Big father is big brother. Yeah, exactly. Big Big father father is big big brother. brother. (laughs) And uh, that's how I got in. It it was just like imagine a friend just calling you, dude. You might be able to do this. And you go there, you get this audition, and uh, incredible. That was meant to be for you. Yeah, I find that with my when I go for when I go for auditions and stuff. Uh As I walk in, there's almost like um. Like a comfort that you that as you walk in, you're comfortable doing this thing. As mm-hmm. you as you get as you're doing it, you also feel good doing mm-hmm. it. And even as you leave, it's not like you know you've gotten it, but it doesn't feel like oh well, forget that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. you you almost feel like yeah, that's that was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. And clearly, when they know that you are the guy, instantly mm. they know you're the guy. You but know? see, that's the, the thing is, like a, a number of people who are listening might not even realize that we audition because they see you on a bunch of things and they kind of think that your life does not involve you being in front of people and auditioning yeah. for yeah. stuff, uh, which is uh, our reality. I was reading a book by Brian Cranston, mm-hmm. um, what, Walter, Walter White. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And nice. he was saying when he auditions, because it used to get to him, like, you know, if he didn't get the role, he'd be in a bad mood and so on. Yeah. So what he, he started doing was um, when he auditioned, He'd get the script, and then he had a like a bin in his house mm-hmm. for for the scripts straight after auditioning. Yeah, and him throwing it in there was symbolically letting himself know to let it go. Okay, and then he says when they called him back, then he'd go back into, into the, the bin. bin. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> digging. Past so like that's his process, papers. you know. So yeah, interesting. Hey, but yeah, you did a good job there, man. No, yeah, you did an and, amazing and, and job. And it was there, secretive, bro. so you couldn't tell anybody that you were. No, uh, Biggie. For, there, there were yeah. certain rules. Like, first of all, I couldn't leave the province for, for, for those three months because yeah. I had to be on standby 24-7. I was going to ask about so, that. So, so there were certain instances, I'll get into one when you ask about it, where I had to rush back to the studio and it was a bit hectic. But uh, 
I wasn't allowed to tell anybody that I was Big Brother. So it was like I was working for the FBI or something. <laughs> so like my, my, my wife asked me, where are you going, babe? Uh, you know I work for... Um, you know you that know, thing? That, that, that thing. thing that I you know. I, you know, I work for UPS. <laughs> deliver packages. <laughs> so, but the funny thing is, uh, even as we, we, we work with our voices and we... We, we think we can disguise them, but we can't. Nah, there's no So people that. that knew me, that watched Big Brother, yep. yeah. knew it. Like, I, I got a call from my mom. I got a call from my sister. My, You're Big Brother, right? Yeah. And I'm like, no. Said, <laughs> oh, of course you are. I, I know you anywhere. Because it's not as if they change up the voice, like, this is Big Brother. No, you know, no, I just no, had no. to go there and like, this, this is, is Big, Big Brother. Brother. Yeah. So, Chulu, there's uh, it. Please report to the diary room. And then you're like, oh, okay. You're like, man, we know that's you. Yeah, it's you. It's yeah. you. Yeah, it's so uh, a, a, a few people knew it was me. Yeah. And um, I, those, you know, close family members, I told them, yeah, it's me. Other people would be like, nah, probably Chilu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Guys who aren't, you know, particularly in tune with uh, the, the voices and stuff generalize, yeah. I think, in their minds. So, I only knew that Big Brother was on every year yeah. when I started getting those questions. Are you Big Brother? Are you Big Brother? You know, and for me it was because you know that's the honest truth. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, and after a while, that. it was like, hey, this is Big Brother when the season was over. Yeah. We'd post photos of Kaunda, like I know Big Brother, and you're oh, yeah. I know Biggie. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was a great experience. You know, it actually taught me how it would be if I had twelve children, because like. You know that house is it's tiny. You, mm-hmm. you remember you, you you got a small kitchen, small living. Before room. you continue, my dad had twelve children, <laughs> <laughs> so it made so you realize brother. how it was to be Chilo's dad. <laughs> now we know what it was like to be Chilo's pops. Kaunda, what was it like, like being Chilo's dad? Just, Let please, me tell uh, you. <laughs> no, because you know the Big Brother house. Yeah, you can actually tell if you, when you watch the the you know the competition or the mm. series the season. It's really small. You got the boys' room, you got the girls' room, you got mm. the diary room. Yeah. You got the shower, you got the, the bathroom, you, you, you got the loo. Then you got the kitchen. It's really tiny. It's it's wow. so, it's sort of like a house that is fit for like a family of one. You know, like yeah. mom, dad, and a kid. They mm. they could live in that big brother house. Now imagine you got twelve people in there. Yeah. Squeezed into six one girls, six small boys, area. squeezed into one small area, and they start. Because they're not allowed outside contact, right? You got to remember that. And the mm. only other people they know are the other eleven. And mm. remember, from from the second week, so the first week is a non-elimination round. Mm-hmm. Then they start eliminating from the second week. Yeah, and it's just getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller mm. until like eventually there's just three of them. Yeah, but they've got no contact to the outside world. They've got no cell phones. They they watch no TV. They don't read newspapers. Uh, and, and I think a, a significant thing that happened when I was Big Brother was when they went in, Tabombeki was president of South Africa. And when they came, some yes, of them came out, yes, it was yes, Jacob yes, Zuma. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So you can imagine, they didn't know that had happened. <laughs> like, what the? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and so you become. <laughs> imagine going in there and you're like, yeah, I know my president. I know my country. What do you mean? I know home. Yeah, you come yeah. out of there, you're like, huh? what? <laughs> Where am I? It, it, it's, the, it's the craziest thing. And I, I'm, thank goodness they still don't really put presidents on the money. Because, yeah. you know, you yeah. come out and you got this old cash that yeah, you like, stashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Becky money? Nah, sorry, man. We don't, don't use that anymore. Don't work no more. But you, you got a point. Because 
on the more recent one, I, I know that uh, when Maki 2, Zaman Rapper, was in there. Yeah. Uh, then Michael Sata passed away. Mm. And uh, Maki 2 was like one of uh, Sata's... Um, um, Preferred entertainers. Yes, yes, yes. Let's put it that way. And I remember guys thinking, so are they going to like make an exception and, and, you know, like let him know and whatnot? And they didn't. They probably didn't. No, they can't. It's it's, it's against the rules. I mean, you signed that off as well. So you can't Mm. hold it against them. Yeah. It's against the rules. I think the only extreme would be like a close family member's funeral where. They would yeah, consider like, that. Yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah, yeah. like, but, but like no, a father no, no, or, you know. Yeah, yeah, father, sister, brother, mother, yeah, that, that yeah. kind of thing. But not yeah. someone being promoted or nah. being given a new position. No, no, they, they, they wouldn't do that. So like I was saying, you become their only outside contact. And then because they, they, they can offload onto you, On you all yeah, their problems yeah, and everything. Yeah. So they're, they're you really become offloading. like their big brother or yeah, their dad yeah, or like, whatever. Like a shrink. So yeah, and I... You know, I, I got to know so much about the personality of these people and I got to play part in squashing beefs sometimes, creating situations. So, yeah. Chilu, um, what do you think of Zabs' shorts, though? He's kind of <laughs> cute, though. Yeah, okay. kind of cute, though. You, know, you, know, you, you can create situations and Chilu realizes, hey, actually, shorts That is so hot. dope. And, 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 and the producers knew that you had this power. Because I'm sure they used yes. to feed, that, feed you some of that... Um, you know, they, they prompt you maybe. Yes, like, to because say, because what, what happened is we would try and build storylines. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm giving away some of the secrets, secrets here, but, you know, it's, it's not like secret secrets. Mm. I'm, I'm no yeah. longer obligated there. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, we would see that, uh, like, uh, so Rico likes Sheila, mm. but Sheila likes the condor. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to, I think Sheila's not picking it up, so we're going to ask, Sheila, what she thought about what Rico did, then it will plant a seed. Mm. You know, we, we we would actually build on storylines, mm. and, and and some of them were even confrontational. Cause like, if you and Zab say are housemates, yeah, wow, that would be great. We should do mm. Big Brother. <laughs> that actually <laughs> might be African <laughs> brothers. Yeah, keep Listen, African brothers. We're, we're practically housemates already. We <laughs> see each other pretty much. You might as well oh, live in the same house. <laughs> so if you guys were like really getting at each other mm. during the day or during the week, whatever, Big Brother would ask you something like, Chilu, Big Brother would like to know, was there anybody who was agitating you today? But you forget, because now, but when, then, you, when it, you live in yeah, that house, yeah. Yeah. the cameras start to disappear. Right, mm-hmm. you forget And you just there. start thinking you're living, mm. and you're forgetting that I'm watching you. Mm. All I'm doing is planting that seed to mm. see what you're going to say, and you just start offloading. You know, Zabs, I just woke up this morning, and mm. he starts laughing at me because mm. I don't know the capital cities of the world, and he says yeah. I'm dumb, and da 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 And uh, how does that make you feel? And, you know, you start building yeah. on that, and then when you go back, maybe you confront Zabs, and you create this great yeah, content yeah, for people. Yeah. So a lot of it was freestyle because... I think that house brings out a different kind of view after a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So the in, the housemates just start making their own stories and things just start happening. But initially, you sort of like have to do a bit of poking, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, there's lots yeah. of them. And 
initially they're aware of the cameras, so they're trying to be all diplomatic. I mean, how's everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did everyone? Did everyone sleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah that what kind of a stuff. beautiful yeah, day. Yeah. And then uh, after a day while, seventeen, you're like, hey, you know, I can't Don't ask stand. Don't hell I'm doing. Yeah, you're yeah. messy. Yeah. Your socks are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. it starts becoming real. But that's yeah. amazing because that's like that's like regular human being relationships. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When you start out, it's always your best foot forward. Oh. Yeah. You always want to, uh, you know come across likeable. You want to mm. be liked. Mm. After a while, it's like, you know what? It's too much effort to yeah. be liked. Yeah. I'm just going to be me, you know? After month one, that's when you're like, whoa, mm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. But you know this thing of planting seeds? Yeah, I'll, I'll be quick with it. And yeah, no, it's all good. Because uh, there's a radio station I used to work for and one of the most popular programs at, at some point yeah. became like an agony aunt type uh, program where mm. people write in, she answers from a point of view and stuff. But I remember when that program started, like first two weeks or three weeks, mm -hmm. there were no letters. So they kept, kept calling for you know, people to write letters. But instead of just saying, got no content, the boss wrote like a bunch of letters from my office, different oh, scenarios. Okay. And oh, that's, wow. that's what was on that lady's desk. And she yeah. was answering those questions, answering. Before you knew it, like real letters were coming, like yeah, real man. situations. No. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just that thing of, it's, a, it's like a media secret, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think also when it, when it's anything to do with user generated content yeah. or that kind of loop that exists in your content creation, initially before you kind of get into stride, yeah, you do have to kind of jig the system a bit. You yeah, know? Mm, even mm, if it means mm. just you know having people on set contribute questions or yeah, people yeah. as part of the team contribute questions mm, or whatever. Mm. But with something like Big Brother, it's live. You know, people are watching yeah. it unfold. Yeah, as they yeah. watch it, they have questions. Yeah, and modern technology, even then with SMSs, you yeah. can communicate literally as it happens. You mm. know, now even worse. You know, with mm. tweets and yeah. I want to move away from Big Brother and yeah. uh, let's start talking more about the basketball stuff. Because right. you're involved with the NBA. <clears throat> now, me, I, I was yes, always indeed. Let's, okay, let's start with what role you play uh, with NBA. Is it NBA Africa or is it NBA in general? What is it? Well, uh, my official position, I'm one of the editors on NBA.com, but I'm one of the editors for the African edition. Oh, awesome. So it's NBA collectively. It's the same company. Oh, there's no NBA and NBA Africa. There's oh, is just, it? There's just the African office of NBA. Of the NBA. Okay. Okay. So it is the NBA. We're uh, me and my partner Cyrus. We we are the editors for the African edition of gotcha, NBA.com. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But so your involvement began with, with this angle in the NBA, or did you? Have no, 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 no. How I started was uh, I was working in corporate as the uh, PR manager of Business Connection, a system integrator company in South Africa, mm -hmm. and then uh, I wasn't happy there. For one reason or the other, maybe I'm just not supposed to be in corporate. So uh, a friend of mine told me uh, they look uh, an agency called EXP. You know, let's just make it quick. Was looking for an account director to handle the public relations for the NBA across the continent. Right. And I was like, that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how I got involved. You know, in 2013. Yeah. I joined that company and then I started doing public relations for the NBA. And I, I, I did it until 2016. So I was in there for like, you know, 13, 14, 15, so four years. Uh, no, actually, yeah, until the end of 2016. Mm -hmm. um, I did it for four years. So, that, so I traveled with the NBA across the continent, awesome. uh, organized interviews and was part of events and launching this and that and the third. And... A big part of launching their junior NBA leagues, which are now in about 13 countries or so. 
so that's how I got uh, connected to the NBA. Now, um, how I now became the editor was that uh, before a company called Supersport, uh, am I allowed to say? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to say anything. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, because I don't want to be so ESPN, free advertising. It was handling the website. And Cyrus, uh, uh, who's now the other editor, uh, was working at Supersport. And, uh, and I, I always uh, hollered at him and said, you know, I'm a journalist by profession. So mm-hmm. if there's ever an opportunity, let a brother know. Then uh, obviously at the end of the Supersport contract, now um, uh, Zimbabwean billionaire philanthropist businessman, Strive. Strive Masiwa, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who owns... You said e- that very sequentially. Yeah. <laughs> Zimbabwean... Billionaire. <laughs> well, you know, you, you got to know who you're dealing with here. So he 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 had a great idea that he he wanted he he wanted to launch a Pan African uh, you know entertainment platform, um, and um, they launched uh, what is now called as Quesa. So so Quesa Channels, which owns Quesa Media, which owns uh, which is part of Econet Media, which owns Quesa Channels, which owns Quesa Sports. Now, as part of Quesa Sports' deal, it got the rights to NBA across the continent, which yeah. includes the website. And then, oh. uh, so I, uh, I noticed that Cyrus moved over from Supersport and went to Quesa to continue editing the website. And then okay. I hit him up again, like, yo, Cy, wh- wh- what did he do? And then he was like, oh, ha I'm glad you called. <laughs> 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 then uh, I realized they had an opening for another editor, and nice. I went for interviews, and... Uh, you know, it was actually nice because I, I've loved basketball since I was a kid, and then yeah. loved the NBA since I was a kid, and the, the interview was quite nice. So, what do you know about the NBA? I'm like, oh, really? where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> crack, crack. What era would you like <laughs> yeah, me to man, talk to you man, about? Let's do this. <laughs> let's talk about this in eras. <laughs> and and yeah, it, it it was great interview. Uh, yeah. I remember I, I spoke to a woman called Bridget Bacos, and we, we had this great interview. And uh, I made it, uh, as you would know, uh, to to get the position. And then that's when I now started doing what I really always wanted to do with the NBA, and that's writing about it Mm. uh, for the website and also doing some uh, video content for the league. Um, And and it's been great. I started at the beginning of 2017 as one of the editors, and now... Yeah, it's uh, more than a year later, almost two years now. It's, it's, It's been going great. What's great about the story that you that you're talking about now is that you are a trained journalist yep and journalism for you is 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 a profession it's a passion as well mm. it's a vocation almost like you were built for this you were made yeah. for this thing that you were able to marry your love for basketball mm. and your you know your skills mm. as someone who's trained in it and all of that come together into a career in journalism yeah. is a beautiful story to tell. Because mm. a lot of journalist friends I know are trying to find other avenues of exploring how to make a living, how to express their passions, because journalism is no longer viewed in their eyes with the advent of blogs, mm. social media. It's no longer viewed as a viable career option, mm. let alone something to be passionate about. Yeah, look, look, look times have changed. I mean, I, I, I was talking to, to Will on the way here about how certain... Careers. Will Smith? You know Will Smith? <laughs> no, no, say. no. Oh, oh. Damn, tell us, tell us about the bungee jump. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's, it's my brother, Will. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, we came here together. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Smith. Will is right Will, there, just right off here. camera. Yeah, yeah. Big, big shout out to Will Smith, though. Yeah, big shout out to Will Smith. Yeah. 50, bro. 
Yeah, wow. The Fresh yeah. Prince is 50. You know, yeah. Yeah, Yo, that's crazy, happen. right? It's, it's not inspiring. Uncle Phil who's bungee jumping. It's <laughs> Will. It's <laughs> Will. Wow. Amazing. Anyway, yeah. yeah you're you're talking to the other Will. Our yeah, will. I was talking yeah. to our Will. <laughs> yeah. And telling him that, you know, there's certain careers that are going to be there 20, 30 years from now that don't even exist at the moment. Right. And if you go 30 years back and somebody told you there's going to be a social media manager, you'd have been like, what? Mm, because mm, yeah. Facebook wasn't that big. Instagram didn't exist. Neither yeah. did Twitter. So I think it's the same thing, especially because journalism is such a fickle career. People think all we did as journalists was go to school and learn how to write English and then we were given jobs. Mm. You know, they don't know that there's political science in there, economics, there's all sorts of things, photography. Yeah. We, we do so much. Mm. And, but I've seen it change over the years, especially with the digitization. I mean, I'm not showing my age here. I mean, I'm, I'm 43. Mm. So I come from the era of where we were using typewriters originally. Yeah. And then people used to have to print things and actually strip them and yep. cut with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, before desktop publishing became a thing. Yeah. I've seen it where people are actually stripping and cutting with newspapers and putting yep. things there and magnifying pictures and all that. Mm. And fast forward, citizen journalism has become a big thing where you can put up a blog and you can show up at all the events that I show up at and you write them as just Chilu. And because you write well, people don't realize you're just a writer, you're not a journalist. Mm -hmm. You understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. So people think journalism is like, oh, if you can write, you're a journalist. Mm -hmm. And they don't, they, they, they don't view it as a proper career where you went to school and learned something. You know? I hear that, which, yeah. which, which is kind of tricky. But back to what you were talking about, like for me, I praise God every day. Because I've had two waves in my life, and Chilu will let you know. I, I, I like gadgets and technology. Nice. And for about 10 to 13 years, I worked in the IT business space. And I also wrote about gadgets, cell phones, laptops. I mean, I remember back in the days when Chilu still trusted me, he would call me. <laughs> he would call me like, yo. What do you think about? Uh, I got this MacBook Pro. <laughs> And I've got this Acer notebook, and they're about the same price. But which one would you recommend? I see he doesn't do that anymore. Either. No, no, man, either. Not, now I'd be calling you like so LeBron. Uh, yeah, he's like I'm thinking Yeezys or the new or the new Nike robot. The Air Force. Like, wow, I went from a tech guru to a guy who has to curate sneakers. Now, actually, I, I got a. I, I've actually got a fetish for sneakers, so... No, yeah, that's all you post on social media. No, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sneakers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 but, but, but yeah, that, that's, that's probably where, where, where I'd be calling you about now. <laughs> so, yeah. For, so that was, for, a, that was a different wave. That, that was a different yeah, wave yeah, where yeah. I wrote about technology, and I learned technology, and I wrote about technology as well. I, yeah. I, I worked for, like, Computing Essay, Brainstorm. You know, mm. I worked for CRN. And those are technology publications some are still here, some are not. Mm -hmm. But writing about technology from different angles and loving technology, that was marrying one of my passions yeah. with, you know, with my, 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 my educational qualifications. Sure. And then from there, I did public relations, which was painful. I think public relations is one of the most difficult jobs. People think it's easy, but it is, it is difficult, both at corporate or agency level. Mm. If I could, I would avoid it for the rest of my life. But mm, that's mm. a different story for another day. <laughs> but now, uh, basketball. Yeah. 
My love for basketball. Can I go into my love for basketball? I'm stealing this podcast. No, no, you it can. You can but, it's but, your but, part but, today, but, bro. But I'm, I'm going to like just like 20 seconds of this uh-huh. because the two passions being married uh, with your with your qualification and stuff might give somebody the impression that you've, you've that's all you've been doing. Like you've just yeah. been lucky enough to have a, a sweet spot intersection. Whereas if you rewind, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. at some point you were work doing like stories for a community paper. Oh yeah, yeah my, my journalism story is crazy. Um, if I go back, when I, when I first arrived in South Africa, I actually was doing part-time lecturing at a private college. I was lecturing basic reporting, public public relations. What was it? Public relations? Yeah, public, yeah, public, Frank's Frank's public relations. <laughs> <laughs> and photography. Right. <laughs> and photography. And then I got a job in a city east of Johannesburg called Benoni. Yeah. Uh, and I worked for a community newspaper. I, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I, I, came to mind. It, it was called, one of them, the first one was called The Sunbeam, which used to go to uh, the black areas on the east side. Sunbeam. I know, there was once yeah, the sun, like, and then like, there was the like beam, and then they... It does sound like a floor polish. Yeah. Well, there was once the sun and the beam, and then they married the two, and they became the sunbeam. Somebody had a... Bright idea. Yeah. You know where I went with that. Beam sun. Beam sun a beam. (laughs) Beam sun. (laughs) So uh, the sunbeam, when I joined it, was on its last legs. And I was lucky enough when they closed it down, uh, the bigger paper, the Benoni City Times, uh, somehow I had impressed the the editor there, the chief, uh, the editor-in-chief, Hillary Green. I remember her name. She so she said, okay, no, they're closing down the sunbeam, but we really like the work you've been doing. Do you want to join us? So I joined the Benoni City Times and I worked there for about two years. Uh, that was like uh, 97, 8, yeah. And then 99, uh, I saw this advert in the paper that they were looking for <clears throat> IT business writers. And that's when I applied to join Times Media, which w- became Jonic, and then TML, oh, TML which mm. became Times Media, which became Jonic. Mm. And that's how I moved out of the community space. But I'm glad I had to step from the bottom because in mm. community... You're just a guy. You you do photographs. You you do interviews. You do vox pops. You write. You sub your own work most mm. of the time. It's, mm. You really have to learn. Come yeah. from the bottom up. Yeah. And then even when I joined the business media space, I was a junior reporter. So I also had to work myself up from junior reporter to sectional editor to overall publication editor. So it was a lot of years of just you know cutting my teeth and getting to know the industry and uh, and that kind of stuff. So a lot of people would be like, wow, man, since I saw you in high school, you loved basketball. Then you became a journalist. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're a journalist at the NBA. Man. Yeah. So they forget yeah. that there's, there's like there's that whole there's journey. Yeah. Between. 15 to 20 years in between that that mm. brought me to the point I'm at now. Yeah. That's amazing. Where, yeah. where, where you, you know, I, I've done so many things, even in my private capacity between mm. that, you know, mm. tried to launch online social media platforms. There was one time me and my partners thought we could compete against Facebook. So it's another story. <laughs> then we tried to, you know, we, we and my, me and some other partners tried to do this uh, online radio station thing. Well, we did it, but, you know, mm. uh, that didn't go too successful. And, and back to now, like I must say, I'm blessed in that I started playing basketball when I was about 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And I started watching NBA since I was like 10 years old. I was 1985. Incredible. And to come to now where I actually work with one of the biggest, if not the biggest basketball league in the world, 
as an editor of mm. its biggest platform on the continent is it's a blessing for real. Mm. That is powerful stuff, man. Um, I think one of the things that is, is slept on, and I'm speaking to Chilu as well here, mm. is just how the influence of the US yeah. to a lot of us here on the continent has not only shaped how we see the world and our outlook on life in general, mm. but has given us an opportunity to express ourselves in life. You know mm. what I mean? Like mm. to be, to contribute to the continent, to be to be actively engaged in building the continent and growing mm. its people. I yeah. mean, the fact that the NBA and basketball of all things, probably mm. jo Michael Jordan specifically, like Chicago Bulls maybe, mm. has, has shaped a Kaunda and millions of others in Africa to mm. building stories and narratives that have just literally changed the face of the continent. Yeah. I think that's a powerful influence that that country as a continent, maybe let's call it a country, not a continent. Mm. How America has actually had an impact on Africa, you mm. know? Yeah. And and I, me personally, coming from my own personal perspective, is done that with hip hop music. That's yeah. what yeah. it was yeah. for me. Hip hop yeah. music literally via the US, mm. right? Mm. Shaped my life. Yeah. Created my reality and mm. gave me an an avenue to express myself and explore my full potential as an African. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for yeah. a guy who's never even set foot on American soil to mm. be saying that, wow. it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting because, um, especially from people who might not understand that, because similarly, I mean, hip-hop has played a critical role. Before you guys came, I was um, rapping to, well, the lyrics were, were coming into my mind, uh, Rakim. Uh, microphone fiend, uh -huh. and you, yeah, and and I'm I'm saying the title. You guys know the lyrics, yeah. I, yeah. I, and I, I've never even like had this conversation, but we're on the same page, is what I'm trying to, to illustrate. And guys who don't understand that, looking from the outside in, um, will paint paint people you know who've had that experience with one brush. Um, I mean, like in Zambia, they used to call call guys mayor. Yes, because all the girls like yo yo, Chongololos, <laughs> you know, so yeah. yeah. They had, they name, they had names for us on everywhere, <laughs> yeah, yeah, every yeah, country. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my yo, yeah. what's up, my man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so many. Yeah, it was, it now, was many. You know, but it, it's beautiful if you look at it. The the influence that the United States has had from a cultural perspective. I mean, I look at at the way we dress. Mm, yeah. uh, look at the way people talk, uh, their, their their mentality. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, just just look at what. First of all, hip hop as 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 a whole. Mm -hmm. if, if you look at everything from b boying, which we used to call break dancing, uh, graffiti. Mm. If you if you if you look at the poetry, mm. the rhyming aspect. Obviously, hip hop didn't invent rhyming, but it mm. invented rhyming in that way. Mm. Uh, you look at DJing, scratching, and mixing, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, just if you look at just culture now, how much of that is, you know, is in culture? Even if you look at the way a, a simple hip hop phrase, which was invented by a young kid from uh, New Orleans, the mm -hmm. word bling, right. it, it just how bling became part mm. of like so even corporates would use the word bling yeah, in some yeah, of their messages. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Bring out the bling here, bling there. Mm. Look at how wearing like baggy jeans was a thing in the nineties. Cal can I? Cal can I? You know, cross colors. You know that yeah. kind of stuff. Just look, look at the sneaker culture. That all came from, you know, the United States and yeah. uh, the way people talked, the way people walked. I mean, mm. how many times? I mean, I, I, I walk around 
uh, the malls and the streets now, and I see people wearing New York Yankees caps. Mm. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And some people don't even know what they're about. You know, we don't yeah. do respect. Yeah. But they just love the way <laughs> the that NY no, yeah, yeah, looks yeah, yeah. I've, I've got like wow. two of those, you know, and <laughs> I, I can't name it's one true. player from, you know. And, and it's, yeah. they, it's funny that there's a gentleman who came from uh, from the States who works at the NBA office in Africa. His name's Don Cheney. So he, in his first couple of weeks, he was like, so, Calendar, tell me, what's with these New York Yankee fans in South Africa? What's happening? <laughs> and I had to and break had it to down to you. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. actually, they're not New York Yankee <laughs> fans. They're, they're just, they just think they the, just cap love the cap is cute. Yeah. They just think yeah. the cap is cute. That's yeah. it. Yeah. It's yeah. sort of like even the, the LA Raiders cap yeah, the back LA, in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the LA Raiders one doesn't look, I mean, there's, there's that squiggly thing with the Yankees one. Yeah. The Lakers one has a. Yeah, there was know, that it's, L.A. It's, that, it's, it's boring. It's different. But, but the way that N and the Y There's just something right, about yeah. it. Yeah. It looks yeah. dope. Yeah. And that's, I think it's the same It's the same for like the Wu-Tang emblem, for example, yeah. or the Nike yeah. Swish. Whatever, yeah. you know, sometimes yeah. people don't subscribe to what the brand even represents. Yeah. They just think it's a nice logo. You yeah, know? Yeah. So, yeah. But what, what really makes me feel excited about things like that and the kind of power they've had in a generational sense mm. and just the, the scope of it is just what we could do if we reshape the African narrative. Yeah. If we yeah. popularize African yeah. stories. If we if we get to a point where we're almost doing what the US did to us, yeah. to ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that the impact of that could be incredible, you know? And I think the time's becoming ripe for for that kind of thinking. I yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah. So especially in like in, in the sense of like new media mm. and the types of celebrities that that's creating, you know. Uh -huh. yeah. Um it's creating the closer they are to us the more popular they seem to be, you know? Mm -hmm. And the closer they are relatable, the more relatable they are, the more popping they are, you know? Yeah, and I think yeah. that's something we never, well, I never had when I was growing up is I never had someone to look up to who was very similar to me in that sense. Yeah. Uh -huh. It was always some rap guy from the Bronx yeah. or some actor I mean, guy from You, you got a point. I mean, I remember back in, say, 91, 92, when uh -huh. we were trying to uh, flip, the, the hip hop that we're doing and trying to to give it some African um, anchoring, mm. and the only guy who wasn't as as dope or as hip as the other guys, but was making an impact globally was Dr. Alban with Hello Africa. Tell, Tell me how you because yeah. he had that that um, whole movement happening in Europe, um, mm -hmm. Sweden and and whatnot. Yeah, um, and so he, he's the only guy that you could think of. Like if I'm gonna dominate the world with with an with hip hop but African sounding. Does, is it going to be like gonna be Albanish? <laughs> you know? Yeah, is it going to be too Dr. Alban? Yeah, you know, it's yeah, uh, so, no, yeah. yeah. But, but you, know, you know, guys, I, I like that you brought that up because the time is really now. Yeah. I'll give you two examples. First of all, I was listening to a talk by Akon, you know, superstar Akon, but he's got Senegalese roots. Right. Yeah. So he's very much connected to, to uh, Africa and he's got this solar lighting projects that are going up in Senegal and that. And he mentioned something very important. He said, Africa needs to start marketing itself better. Yeah. yeah. If you look at a country like the United States, guys, on a real, it's got its own problems. Mm. Big time. You know, I mean, if I tell people, because I've been to the States a lot of times, ooh, mm. I'm dropping situations. You see, <laughs> it's like I drop names, now I'm dropping situations. No, dropping but hey, facts before, are facts, man. before I went stateside as a youngster for the first time, I never thought there were poor people in the United States. Yeah. I never thought there yeah. were street kids in the United States. You know, because yeah. yeah. America markets itself that way and makes itself very attractive. Although it is quite successful, to be honest, right? Mm -hmm. But Akon says Africa needs to start doing that as well. Because 
all people think when they think of Africa, it's the dark continent, there's mm. poverty, mm. there's mm. HIV, there's this, that, and the third. But there's also a Debans here and, and an MI and, yeah. and a WizKid and mm. a Chilulemba and a Zabs and a mm. Tumi and the, from the V. Mm. You, you name them. The, mm. We've got actors. Lupita Nyong'o is from East Africa, exactly. is she not? Mm. Mm. You know, uh, a, a lot of guys even, you, you, you know, if you look at Anthony Joshua himself has got Nigerian roots. Yeah, yeah. That's which, incredible. Which means... Idris. Idris Elba. Yeah. You know, we, we've got talent here. We... We've got the capabilities now. Uh, with technology, we can leapfrog certain things that would have mm -hmm. kept us back. So mm -hmm. I think as Africans, and I, I'm glad like platforms such as yours, uh, we need to start marketing Africa as this preferred place, which it is, yeah. as, as this place where you can be successful without saying, I'm only going to be successful when I go to the States. I'm only going to be successful when I go to the UK or other parts of Europe. Because what let me know about how representation can make a, different in, a difference in people's lives is when I took my kids to watch Black Panther. Mm. Yeah, that was right? a big deal. First of all, Black Panther went to show you that Africa can be attractive. As, as, as fictitious as Wakanda was, mm -hmm. but it made you realize that, wow, we can do that. Right. You understand mm. what I mean? Mm. Yeah. By ourselves, for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I, I watched my kids get amazed you know like when i grew up to be honest i was a bit of a comic geek so i knew black panther existed before he became oh, black look Panther. At you. <laughs> <laughs> but i was a comic geek yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. we read about yeah. the x-men yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah so but my kids hadn't heard that mm. uh, of that and uh, blame myself because they knew superman batman mm, yeah uh, you know wonder captain woman america. captain america and uh, without due respect those are White people, if you will. Mm -hmm. When they saw the character of T'Challa, and they saw, especially my daughter, when she saw Shuri, who looked like was, she was 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this kid was technologically advanced. Like, she was in the lab <laughs> making things. My daughter was blown away. And my son saw yeah. the character of T'Challa, and to this day, he thinks he's the other Black Panther like, flipping <laughs> on the couches. But it just goes to show you the power of representation. It really so you does. know, you know, I'm smiling it with the uh, and and looking at Zubs. Uh huh. Because I think two episodes ago, because what you're saying is universal. Two episodes ago, I gave a similar uh, statement about my daughter's uh -huh. uh, reaction after watching mm. Black Panther when yeah. she had her. WhatsApp photo being Shuri's. You see, I didn't even know Shuri's name. <laughs> Shuri. Yeah, Shuri's a great character. Yeah, but I, 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 Zubs pulled out his phone and when he pulled yeah, out that's his how phone, you know. You know, he, it's into a battle I'm, rap. I'm checking out, checking the, I'm the, checking rapid out fire the rapid questions. fire questions. All right, all right, all right, all right. But before before we get there, man, there's two two things that I'm I'm gonna touch on what you said about Africa marketing itself better. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the challenges we face though are Bob Geldof and Bono and their budgets. Yeah. Because. Uh. They've got like a bunch of money, just not just them, but like a whole lot of people have money which they spend to paint Africa in a certain way mm -hmm. so that they can get uh, funding. Funding, yeah. yeah. And those budgets are huge. So to, to, to counter those <laughs> budgets with good yeah. intentions and show like a different side of Africa, yeah. uh -huh. it, it's, 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 it's a problem. It's yeah. a problem. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. That is, um, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I've thought about it like quite a bit. There was a time when I was I enrolled for an honors degree at Vega and, and uh, I was reading up on country branding and all that stuff. And that kept on coming up. Yeah. That the, the volume which has uh, been brought about uh, from campaigns by 
USA for Africa. I mean, uh-huh. like, We Are the World was a dope song, but I mean, those pictures. Yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. They, were, they were hard to swallow. Yeah, those things, and, yeah. and so it's, to counter that, it's going to be difficult. I, I, I had a second point, but I, I, I don't think it's like, you know, that, that deep. That so, deep. yeah. Okay. Before we do rapid fire, uh-huh. great point, by the way. Mm, mm. Do you have something to say about that or not, not quite? Well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't actually understand that it went that deep, but, but, <laughs> but thanks for, for enlightening. No, no. Yeah, you see, goes, Chilo, yeah, I, I know it's real, mm. but now that you've put it in a certain perspective that I, 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 I didn't look at it that way before. Mm-hmm. I just thought, mm-hmm. okay, people perceive Africa like this because we let CNN and BBC mm-hmm. and whatever mm-hmm. report about, yeah, control the narrative. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that there was a concerted effort with budget which mm. I could use, by the yeah. way. Yeah. So I'll let your boy go. You could all do with a little bit of budget. To make sure that we are perceived in a certain way so that yeah. people give us the pity pennies. Yeah, bro. Otherwise, they won't give. Zubs, allow me this one. Because this is a true story. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. There's a guy since passed away. His name's Chris Mahoney. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to be a filmmaker, American filmmaker who settled in Zambia. Mm-hmm. He was saying that there was once when he was filming... A European country, I won't mention the name, but a European country had a delegation in Zambia mm-hmm. and they were meant to film some of the works that they'd been uh, carrying out in the country. Uh-huh. So they were going to a place called Lilai Lodge, beautiful place. So Chris got there early, set up his cameras and he he set up a camera stand and was meant to pan, like once the, the, the entourage arrives in their convoy, mm-hmm. he was like, okay, I'm going to film there, then uh, pan the camera from the beautiful Delay Lodge buildings onto those guys. Mm-hmm. So as they were coming, as planned, he starts you know, panning from the beautiful lodge buildings, whatnot, to them. Mm-hmm. And he says, the, I think it was the ambassador, the delegation leader, came straight out of the car to him, shouting, turn your effing camera off. Yeah. And then he says, we can't have like, good images. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, wow. and Chris tells me, so it breaks your heart. But I mean, that's, <laughs> that's yep. the reality we're part dealing with. Wow. That is deep. And it does yeah. run deep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, I wanted to say one more thing, if you guys don't mind. Um, uh-huh. Because you're a sports guy yeah. and we're talking about what we're talking about. What was your take on the French national team winning the World Cup? Soccer world oh, you mean the African it's, national yeah. team? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Enough said. I think there, I know your take is. already. There's the take already. <laughs> look, 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 there's look. the take already. Look, look it was great. And, and it just goes to show you that Africa does have talent that's right. up there that can win the World Cup. Yeah, I've got my own ideas about the amount of teams that are allowed to participate in the World Cup and how the whole structure is and... Mm how they put the groups together. And I think that will get heavily political and we might need another yeah, podcast that's gonna for that. Two, yeah, but, it, it's going to need All I'm going to say hours. is that I was glad that an African team won the World Cup <laughs> for the first time. Big shout out. You and to, Trevor Noah get a room. To Paul Pogba, you know, my man. Shout out know. to Paul Pogba. Big, big, big yeah. shout out. You want to say something real quick about that? No, man. Because no, I sure as hell have a lot to say about it too. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think France won the World Cup. I do. I think France won the World Cup, but I think also uh, it's important to recognize how Africa, uh, I won't say helped France win the World Cup, but was instrumental in France winning the World Cup. Because oh, yeah. if we do understand that, then we'll understand the next level of Africa's influence, influence globally. Uh-huh. Mm. We have to start acknowledging the role Africa plays in other countries' greatness. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, let's 
French flag, no mm. doubt. Yeah, mm. but mm. let's let's also just let's let's be honest here. Mm. You know, uh-huh. let's recognize what Africa is doing to mm. all of us mm. on this planet. Absolutely, how all of us are winning because mm. of Africa. You know, yeah, and that's a, that's like it's two hour conversation. Yeah, for I mean, time. I mean, half Kenyan. Yes, we can. I'm just yeah. saying, <laughs> that's an African president right there, right? Yeah. But he was the president Dopest of America. Yeah. There, was yeah. very, there were very few guys more American in their presidency than our African president. Yeah, there you go. That's some powerful stuff right there. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, what we do out here, and I'm sure you know, is we have this section which we call Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire. There you go. There you go. And you said it the way we say it. You said it the way we say it. <laughs> so we're going to jump right straight into it. Um Uh-oh. And I'm going to start with a very easy one, you know. Um, LeBron James or Kobe Bryant? Those are two of my favorite players. It's just me. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> okay. Uh, currently, I say LeBron James. But Kobe in his prime was a beast. Kobe was amazing. But, 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 but I'm with LeBron James. Okay. Nice and simple. Uh, you don't have to give why, but if you want, you know, you, you can. Uh, sound or sight? you I, i'm a visual guy it's, it's gotta be sight with okay. your with your emporio money glasses i'm a visual guy <laughs> <laughs> and this from, a, this from a guy who was a voice yeah is yeah. a voice i'm saying yeah. was a voice of one of the biggest shows on the continent yeah yeah, oh, yeah. this from a guy who yeah. Yeah. wakes up at odd hours of the morning yeah. to watch a, a, a match live and commentate so he can have match. a po- yeah <laughs> Yeah, so it's sight. And you right? still would choose sight. That's uh, sight. Uh, uh, how would I go watch a basketball game with sound? I I, 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 I struggle. Like you remember back in the days. Sorry, yeah. it's supposed to be rapid fire. But <laughs> That's all good. How people would sit around a, a radio set and yeah. and listen oh, to Dennis Lewis. Yes, 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 yes. I, yeah. I, I, I was Dennis like, I need Lewis. the visuals. Though. I, I yeah. love Dennis, but I need the visuals. Indeed. Yeah. But funny yeah. enough, there was. Hey, no, 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 I'm going everywhere. Yeah, no, go for it. <laughs> You know when they say radio is the theater of the mind, right? There was this thing my family used to sit around the radio and listen to every week called... If you have a guy on Wednesday evening. On Wednesday <laughs> evening. And there was a guy called Joseph Kabwe. The funniest guy you've ever heard. Yeah. And then I realized when I saw him that he's the funniest guy you've ever seen. Too. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy, the way they would script those things yeah. was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's still sight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, a good book or a good series, TV series? Uh, right now, it's a good book. If you had asked me before I had kids, I'd say a good series, but I'm trying to get my daughter and son to read more, so it's a good book. Okay, mm. fair enough, fair enough. Game of Thrones is amazing, though. But um, <laughs> <laughs> In terms of productivity for you personally, night or day? Uh, night. I find the day has got too many distractions for me, mm-hmm. especially like right now, I work in an open office plan. I, I find there are a lot of distractions and things and the phone rings and the whatever, but at night, I like it's so peaceful and quiet. I can get more done at night. Mm, yeah. and, and I've become a night owl. Obviously, you know, I'm in Africa and I watch NBA games, which come at night. Mm. And sometimes I have to write a game report straight after that game. Mm-hmm. So that's like, Three, four in the morning sometimes. Mm. And sometimes I do live commentary cause, yeah. uh, or live analysis because I'm also on the TV part of the, the NBA situation. So, sure. so yeah, I find myself to be more productive at night. I'm a, I'm a bit of a night owl. Cool. 
I should hope you'll be catching up on sleep as well during the day. Oh, yeah, That's some fun. downtime. Um, you have a podcast of your own. Do you want to share yeah. where that is, when that is? Yeah. Uh, Just real quick before we wrap Real up. quick. Yeah. We, uh, my partner and I, Cyrus Rogers, it sounds like I'm married to the guy. No, he's <laughs> my business partner, <laughs> Cyrus Rogers. We, 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 we've got this podcast. We've actually got the, it's, it's a post-up brand. It's called Post-Up. You can find us um, on Instagram at Post-Up Podcast and at Post-Up Podcast on uh, Twitter. We we podcast. We got a post up podcast, which is everything we talk about. Everything NBA. Uh, we upload it on the NBA.com website every Thursday. Yeah. Uh, we've also got a post up show, which we break up into little pieces called post up fast break, fast nice. breaks. And these are little video clips where we either interview players, executives, or we we just do analysis of of games or. The highlights of the week and that. So you you can find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at the Post Up Podcast. Brilliant! Thank you so it's much. It's exciting. For if through, you bro. anything NBA from an African perspective, that's where you find it. Super duper. Yeah, and and it shows that you're passionate about that stuff. We can tell this guy's not just doing it because it's his job. Yeah, he loves yeah. this he, stuff. He loves this stuff. Totally he, gets he it. He plays know? ball. He does on weekends. Right? Like, he so yeah. So check out and, yeah. Check out Kounda's stuff. Um, thanks a lot for coming through. No, it guys. Was so th- dope having th- you, my th- brother. Thanks very much. And it's at the real Kaunda on Instagram. Man. And all you'll see is sneakers, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You always have a lot of sneakers. <laughs> Chilu, thanks a lot, man. It's good to be back Bless at this. Bless him, bro. Always, you know? good. Um, always good. I, had, I have to say, I would never say this publicly again, but I missed you, my guy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I missed you, man. I missed you. It was great hanging out. Ditto, ditto. Thanks for opening up your home once again for us. No, no, I man. It's, it's, it's been real, man. It, it feels like, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's like there's a vacuum in your life. And then when you're back into it, like, ah. There we go. I, 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 I just booked you guys a room. <laughs> God bless you, God bless no. your efforts, man. Thanks for Love having yourself. me, guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs>